Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. I'm Dr. Chris Tucker from the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center and founding editor of the podcast. Today on the podcast, we are discussing the use of balloon spacers in rotator cuff surgery. I'm excited to be joined for this discussion with Dr. Naraj Kalore, an associate professor in orthopedics at the Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia. Dr. Kalore completed his initial orthopedic residency in his native country of India, and then he completed two adult reconstruction fellowships at the University of Minnesota and VCU, followed by a sports medicine fellowship at the American Sports Institute in Birmingham. Dr. Kalore is active with multiple professional societies, including Anna, and was recently introduced as the first visual abstracts editor for the Arthroscopy Journal. Dr. Kalore was the senior author on the article titled Implantable Subacromial Balloon Spacers in Patients with Massive Irreparable Rotator Cuff Tears, a Systematic Review of Clinical, Biomechanical, and Financial Implications, which was published in the December 2020 issue of Arthroscopy, Sports Medicine, and Rehabilitation, the open access companion journal to the Arthroscopy Journal. His co-authors include William Johns, Nikhil Alane, Kevin Lacey, Gregory Galladay, and Jennifer Vanderbeck. Naraj, congratulations on your work and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Chris, for that kind introduction. I would also like to thank the Arthroscopy Journal and the Arthroscopy Association of North America for having such a successful podcast. And also congratulations for just having done your 100th episode. Thanks. Naraj, can you tell us why you decided to perform this systematic review on this particular topic? Uh, Well, Chris, I have been taking care of chronic uh, irreparable rotator cuff tears in my patients. And what I noticed, a lot of frustration on the part of patients because of post-operative restrictions, a lot of rehab, and in general, a lot of disruption of their life because of this surgery. Uh, So I was on the lookout for some alternative options. So this uh, subacromial balloon spacer appeared like a very clever alternative to some of the current treatments for massive irrevocable rotator cuff tear. So I started looking evidence on that one, and that's why I conducted this systematic review. Can you set the stage for us by giving a quick summary of the principles behind using a subacromial spacer and how that might work? both biomechanically and clinically, to improve shoulder function in these patients with irreparable rotator cuff tears? Uh, Sure. I think this is based in sound biomechanical principles. Uh, So the subacromial balloon spacer, it uh, prevents superior migration of the humeral head. So it restores the glenohumeral contact point uh, where it should be. So it helps the uh, anterior and posterior rotator cuff force couples to work properly also lengthens or restores the deltoid lever arm, kind of similar to an SCR or a reverse shoulder arthroplasty, and that helps with the range of motion. It is also noted to reduce the peak subacromial contact pressure, and that may have implications in uh, helping recovery after a partial rotator cuff tear or complete rotator cuff repair or even an SCR. The stated purpose of your investigation was specifically to determine the clinical biomechanical, and financial impacts of the use of these subacromial balloon spacers in the management of irreparable cuff tears. Can you share with us your results in each of those three domains? Yes. So in the clinical outcomes category, there was improvement in pain, range of motion, and multiple patient-reported outcomes. Notably, the total constant score improved by 33 points. 
and the minimal uh, clinically important difference for that particular score is 10.4. So there was about three-fold increase in above the NCID. So that was quite significant. Regarding the biomechanical studies, uh, three of the cadaveric studies showed that the balloon spacer resisted superior humeral head migration by an average of about 4 millimeter. One of the study by Chevalier showed decreased peak subacromial contact pressure when it is placed over a supraspinatus repair as compared to repair without the spacer. Regarding the financial outcomes, there was limited data on that, but at least one study by Castagna uh, found based on a cost analysis at two years, that the spacer is less costly, more effective, and therefore is associated with increased quality of life years in comparison to a partial repair or a shoulder arthroplasty. Notably, the superior capsular reconstruction was not part of this analysis. What was the complication profile you found for this procedure? So the complications are quite minimal over here. Uh, there was one superficial wound infection out of 350 one deep wound infection, uh, one patient had transient forearm dysesthesias, 11 of the 350 required reoperations, which included five migration, one synovitis, six conversion to reverse total shoulder arthroplasty. There's one more thing I would like to highlight here, which is probably not included so distinctly in the manuscript, but there is at least one report of development of a fibrosarcoma in a rodent model. Uh, with the use of balloon spacers. Hmm. Interesting. And that's why we're here for the podcast, to get the info straight from the author. So thanks for sharing that, Naraj. What confounders did you find during your research that we should take into consideration when evaluating your results? Uh, yes. So there is a very low level of evidence at this time in the literature for the use of this particular innovation. The uh, there is a mix of different interventions that are done along with the spacer placement like biceps tenotomy or a partial rotator cuff repair. So it is difficult to isolate the effect of the balloon spacer alone. In addition to that, uh, there are issues of uh, the studies being funded by the manufacturer. Three of the clinical studies and two of the biomechanical studies had these uh, conflict of interest issues. Also, most of these studies are, actually all of these are retrospective. They do not have control groups. The length of follow-up is not, well, the length of follow-up is actually okay. Uh, because the spacer dissolves in between 6 to 12 months, 18 months is, the, is what we decided would be an adequate follow-up. And we had that uh, in this study. So I think that would be okay. Perfect segue into my next question. Can we briefly discuss the noted potential limitations of the balloon implant in that it is biodegradable? Studies have shown that the material degrades over approximately 12 months. One ultrasound study showing 50% were not detectable at six months, and another MRI study has shown in 19 patients complete resorption by three years. However, the clinical studies are confirming that improvements in pain and functional scores persist even out to the five-year point. What are your thoughts on that? See, that is a very interesting thing, and that has also been noticed for our massive rotator cuff repairs, that these do have a high retear rate, but even if they retear, somehow the patient's pain and function continues to be acceptable to the patient, even though we may think that they have retears. 
and i think there is something similar going on here it may be that uh, when it dissolves it leads to enough scarring in the subacromial space that somehow it maintains the force couples in the shoulder or maybe it retrains the muscle to function in the way where they are still depressing the humeral head that way the glenohumeral contact is maintained something of that nature is going on here that is not fully understood so may i ask you are you using this implant the subacromial spacer in your own practice and if so what are your indications so currently i am not using this implant it is not fda approved yet in the united states and uh, the only other guideline that exists about this about this is from the national institute of uh, healthcare and excellence from united kingdom that says there is limited evidence at this time uh, so the, it should only be used for research purposes at this time so i do not think we have enough evidence to start using it but i am really excited about uh, trying it or doing some kind of studies about it once it goes through the approval process and one more thing about this is currently i think there are two uh, randomized control trials that are going on one is in the us comparing it with a uh, partial repair and another one in the uk that's comparing it with uh, just a debridement so mm-hmm. these uh, results should come out probably this year and hopefully it does go through fda approval this year so that would be a good time to start some initial studies with it and once it's kind of done then it would be ready for prime time mm. i'm looking forward to those results probably along with many folks yeah. so would you share with us your approach to surgical management of patients with massive rotator cuff tears assuming appropriate conservative measures have failed and the patient's an appropriate surgical candidate. What are you doing now? So at the current time, uh, there is a big discussion before these surgeries with the patient about rehab, about appropriate expectations, because they have to be prepared to sacrifice so much component of their quality of life. And if they are appropriate candidates and they're appropriately motivated, my current preference is to try as much biologic restoration as possible. So even if it is a partial repair and maybe with an augment, with like an acellular dermal graft that is my current preference uh, if that is not suitable then scr and then reverse replacement reverse shoulder replacement that is the order of preference based on your findings in this systematic review do you think your management of rotator cuff tear patients will change at all if and when the balloon spacer becomes available for use in the united states Well I am a big believer in shared decision making. So what would change once this is approved is that I would be able to discuss with patient that there is this approved device and these are its benefits and its complications and I imagine that a whole uh, good number of my patients would actually opt for this particular device. So it would actually change the management of uh, massive rotator cuff tear significantly. In addition to that I think there are some uh yet unknown uh, uses of this spacer like over top of a partial repair or over top of a repair under tension or over top of a uh, dermal graft or an scr so there are multiple other applications which have not been properly explored yet so this is an exciting area for further research agree lots of potential for future studies and i think it's promising 
I'm excited as you are to see what the future holds for this over the next couple of years. So Dr. Calore, I, I wanna congratulate you again on this work. I wanna thank you for sharing your time and your thoughts with us. Anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we part ways? Uh, no, I think thank you for having me for this podcast. And again, congratulations on crossing the, uh, the anniversary of your podcast. Thank you, I appreciate that. Sorry. Dr. Calore's article titled Implantable Subacromial Balloon Spacers in Patients with Massive Irreparable Rotator Cuff Tears, a Systematic Review of Clinical, Biomechanical, and Financial Implications can be found in the December 2020 issue of Arthroscopy, Sports Medicine, and Rehabilitation, which is available online at www.arthroscopysportsmedicineandrehabilitation.org. This concludes this edition of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.